the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I almost believe that it's uh, not even possible to be here. It's been so long, you know, just so long away from this microphone and um, and from you and from uh, our KFAX listeners, just been a long time. I think something like three weeks now since our last conversation and our last um, engagement just feel like a strange event. So we're going to take these two hours, which are a blessing to us, and kind of wrap them up as a gift under a couple of concepts today, if you don't mind. But I certainly am looking forward to listening to you, talking with you, hearing from you. Um, and so the number here is one 367 I want to welcome you to a new year. The year is 2019. And we are here, you, me, us, and the will and grace of God, right here at this moment, at this time, ordained before the foundation of the world to be together with this kind of technology by which we can uh, gather our thoughts, cultivate, if you will, our um, our thinking, our, our aspirations, our, our goals. Once again, think about it. Now, some of you have been listening to me on this Monday program for quite some time. Actually, if I can get the number right, hard to do as I get older, but uh, it's been at least about seven, eight years uh, behind the microphone in terms of uh, the Monday edition of Lifeline, which I want to once again thank my dear friend Craig Roberts for the opportunity to open up the uh, the week um, and give him a break from uh, the multitasking he does around here. And then he picks up on Tuesday through Friday and uh, brings to you guys good commentary, good topics and subjects by which we can all, uh, again, enhance our walk with God. And over the years, have we not been able to address really good issues and uh, delve into extremely important topics and um, expand upon and investigate critical texts of Scripture uh, to our edification, to our encouragement. And yes, sometimes challenging and sometimes uh, debatable. But uh, overall, the freedom that we have in America to do what we're doing right now should never, ever be underestimated. So I want to ask you to pray for me since we are in the new year, and I'll pray for you. And I, and I mean that with all of my heart as I begin to talk to you about a, a subject I almost talk about every year this time. With little response, by the way, but I, I got a feeling about this year, 2019, you guys, I, I've got a feeling that God is going to do something significantly more uh, substantial in our lives, yours and mine's, in a way that's going to make uh, 2019 extremely memorable. And I want that to happen. I want it to happen for you and I. We have seen the year go by 
so quickly uh, under the routine and mundane and normalcy of life. I think you would agree with that. Uh, and, and, and when a year goes by, 12 months, if you will, four weeks uh, out of a month, five weeks, twice in the year sometimes, uh, and, and these days and hours and months go by, and the next thing you know, we're adding a number to that 2000 point, 2019 now, and almost as if we didn't get anything accomplished last year. But I want you to slow down a bit with me today and really think through the the um, the poignant and um, memorable aspects of last year for you. They may have been times where you had gone through real critical issues. I remember I had the opportunity of speaking in our la- our last DOG Daughters of Grace class with a real uh, great turnout and many of you came and we talked about the supplemental nature of grace, how that grace is designed not only to uh, to eradicate, if you will, uh, the deficit of sin and, 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 uh, and error and falsehood and, and broken in our life, but more to the point, grace is designed to be supplemental, and that is to give, to give, bestow, to grant, and to um, uh, to furnish, to to fill up. Uh, pleroo is the term for which grace is now the source by which you and I are empowered to do things that we couldn't do in our own strength. That's what grace is designed to do. If we receive it, if we rejoice in it, if we uh, remember it, and I, I ask the ladies to think about points in their life over the the year 2018, where God had come through in such a substantial way that they could render a testimony around it. Well, when you can do that in the course of a year, you have not taken that year in vain. You have really been able to reflect upon God's mercies in your life, which the word of God calls us to do, to ponder the path of our ways, to remember um, the Lord, our God, to remember his mercies to us in times past. That's what we're called to do every day. Yes, but also every year. So yeah, I'd be glad to hear from you if you had a point of remarkable reflection upon something that occurred in your life last year. Uh, and you just want to share it with yours truly, Jesse Gistan. I shared with the ladies a very important event in my life that I thought God showed up in a miraculous way, or I would say supernatural way, to calm my heart and steady my soul in terms of uh, potential challenges in my family's life. And I'll share that with you. But what I want to talk to you more about today, like I do every year right about this time, because I, I believe in it. I just believe in it. I I believe that it is important for the believer to understand what it means to live in the dynamic of grace, the dynamic of a new nature, the dynamic of a walk with God, the dynamic of being born again, the dynamic of an organic life that is fused into a synergy that is the consequent of God in you and you in God. Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you in Christ, the grounds of that union and fellowship that true believers have, where um, where the life that I now live, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You should be able to say that, that 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 infusion, that engrafting into Christ, and that, that, that um, imparting of Christ in you by the Spirit of God, which is that work that comes after the imputation of Christ's righteousness by which justification establishing that imputation of righteousness then moves to the act of rebirth and renewal and, and, and therefore a rebirth. And because you're born again, you are now hop- operating out of 
a communion and union with God in Christ, and that's alive. And that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a what? A new creature, a new creation. There is a dynamic in that new creation reality, and you know that it is. And, uh, and that being the case, the thing that we have to keep in mind is that there's an organic nature to the life of the believer that constitutes not only life, but growth and maturity and development and fruitfulness and productivity and witness of the glory of God in us, by us, through us, for the good of others and for the honor of God. And so when we come to a new year, we get to ask the question, are there areas in, our, in my life that I need to cultivate, that I need to strengthen, that I need to develop, that I need to, to focus on, pay attention to, uh, draw near to, address? Are those issues, are there issues in your life like that, that you really need to focus on? Something that you said you were going to get to last year, but you didn't by way of either delete, uh, deleting from your life or developing. Deletion, development, deletion, development is what Paul talked about in Philippians 3. He says, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And therefore, I leave those things behind that really don't, uh, that don't aid in a bet, that does not actually enhance or strengthen or complement my pursuit of the glory of God. That's what he said. And I believe that that's the course of the believer, to let things go put off things, put on things, to to overcome things, to develop things, to grow, as Peter puts it, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about. <clears throat> the word that everybody thinks is a taboo is the word resolutions. But what is a re- resolution, ladies and gentlemen, in the biblical sense, in the, in the Christian sense, but to be no longer conformed to the world? but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is that not a resolution? Absolutely. Paul gives the imperative in Romans 12, 1 and 2, that he beseeches us by the mercies of God that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you do that so well last year that you don't have to work on it intentionally, cognitively, rationally, mentally, uh, spiritually and emotionally and practically uh, more uh, resolutely this year? Come on. Now, you know you do. There are things in our life that we need to develop, things in our life that we need to pay attention to, things in our life that we need to change. For me, I have three of them. I wanna t- I'm going to read an article after the break, though, but I have three of them that I really want to work on this year when I kind of reflect back. I want to minimize my conformity to the world. Isn't it amazing how the world can just stick to you? Stick to you. Um, you don't action to, but it does. Why? Because we live in it. It's kind of a, a an all-encompassing, uh, you know, a reality. And so the world with this ideology and the world with this allurements and the, and the world with this value system and the world with this entertainment uh, allure and the world with all of its pull and tugs has a tendency to, uh, to, to impact us by way of conformity. I want to minimize my conformity to the world. I want to hear what, what, what the Spirit is saying through Paul in Romans 12, 2. Uh, to no longer be conformed to this world, but be transformed. I want to experience a transforming. Now, transforming, the uh, the word metamorphosis literally means the changing of my ways. I want to 
I want to I want to think about in the changing of my ways this year, more specifically associations and friendships. I want to I want to be a little bit more um, intentional about my associations and friendships this this year. I want to actually put more of a value emphasis in my relationships with people uh, for the purpose of of a more of a of a redemptive outcome uh, by way of our relationships. That's what I kind of want to do. I want to I want to be a, a more value to people by way of redemptive purposes. I I don't want to be as passive as I was last year. In my in my job, in my role as a believer and as a a, a preacher and a pastor and a counselor and a father and a grandfather and uncle and all that stuff, um, I can easily um, just operate out of patterns that allow me to touch people but not touch them deeply. Except, you know, when I'm occupying the office of proclamation, I thank God for that gift of proclamation that does speak to lots of people. I was in the uh, I was in the uh, Caribbeans last week. And do you know, once again, as I tell people, I try to keep my mouth shut anywhere I go, because if I talk long enough, somebody says, is that Pastor Jesse Giston? Can you believe a brother spied me out? I'm on the beach with my lovely wife. In, I think it was Granada, white sandy beach, 80 degrees weather, about 75 degrees in the, the, the ocean there. Where you get in, you go, Ooh, and the next you go, whoa, this is nice. I'm in at the beach, and there's a brother from the Bay Area who recognizes me. Can you, can you believe that? Is that Pastor Jesse Giston? I can't get away for nothing. But my point is this, <laughs> and it happens so many times, but, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But my, my point is this, is I want to be able to uh, impact people uh, on a more redemptive level uh, and go away knowing that that was the intended goal. I want to go deeper with people, even if it's in five minutes of dialogue and conversation. I want to be able to keep them on my mind and pray for them when I leave that God would bless them in all the ways in which God t- intends to and in all the ways that they need. That's a second category of, 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 of what I am calling a resolution for my life. And the third one is to enjoy God this year more purely. I want to enjoy God more purely. What do I mean by that? I want to actually give him more of a central and committed and exclusive time on my part towards God. I want to find a way to do it with my busy, crazy, busy schedule. I want to find a way to just go deep sea diving with God in the meditation of his word and prayer with him, just in, in just meditation on his providence in my life to, to be able to see spiritually and to see mentally and to see pragmatically uh, God's work in my life. So I can make choices that's based upon the influence of the presence of the spirit of God in my life. That's what I want to do this year. I want to enjoy God more. So three things I want to be able to do. I want to minimize my conformity to conformity to the world. I hate it. I want to change the way I think about my association with friends and families. I want to I want to uh, be able to actually give a more redemptive influence in their life. So the few words that I share with them, I want to impact them with that. But thirdly, I want to enjoy God more purely. It's what I want to do. And I know that if that occurs in my life, it's going to take a couple things. One is resolution. Resolution. To be resolute is to be committed. 
is to be determined, is to be resolved, is to say, I'm going to put forth the effort. I already know that God has graced me to do it. But you know what the Bible says? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can tell you that now. I can do it. And you can too. And you can too. What are the things that you want to be able to more resolutely in a more determined and a more uh, uh, committed way uh, accomplish this year? That maybe you didn't accomplish yet last year or the year before, but are important in your walk with God. one 367 5329 one is the number to reach me. one 367 3675329 is the number to reach me. I got a good article on that topic. I want to read very God-centered, biblical-centered idea about habits that we want to make as a consequence of resolution. So when I come back from the break, I'll do both things. I'll listen to you as you call me, one 367 Let's start the new year off right, and then I will share with you, unpack with you this article and the keen insights into how to engage in really good habits to break really bad habits. And you do, you need to hear this, so don't go anywhere. Stay right there. Keep it on that dial. We're going to pay some bills and clear out some, some news and things like that. Then we're going to come back and go deep sea diving in our pursuit of the glory of God. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistang. Glad to be back in the house. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. The time is 524 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. You're listening to your host, Jesse Gistang. Glad to be in the house with you after so many weeks out. I want to see if you're out there. The number is one 367 We are talking about uh, doing better this year than we did last year and, and trying to determine and establish the biblical validity of it as well as the helpful element of it in your life. Um, resolutions, um, resolving, determining to do better this year than we did last year. Is that biblical? Is that something that God would have for us in our life? And what are the drastic and tragic consequences of not doing so? What would be the, the, the drastic and tragic consequences of you not growing, doing the same thing every year, wasting the same time, uh, committing the same errors, failing to uh, redeem the time, failing to um, develop your gifts, failing to employ your gifts, failing to promote the kingdom of God. Right now, we're doing a series in our church. I just started this, this week. It's called In Honor of Stewardship. Powerful. I'll tell you, if you haven't heard uh, a a teaching on stewardship in a while, just listen. Uh, You know me. It's going to be always Christ-centered, Christ-based, Christ-molded, Christ-grounded, Christ-driven, if you will, because there should be a a, a Christocentric, uh, axiomatic premise to everything that we do. If it's not, and it's just it's pure works, and it will never advance the kingdom of God. So we're dealing with the whole concept of stewardship, and of course I'm dealing with finances as simply one category of the walk of the believer that we should actually be a lot more serious about, given the fact that God has given us so much. So right now I'm going to be dealing with the whole month of January around uh, biblical stewardship in terms of the grace of giving. The grace of giving. Is it true or is it not that you and I could have done a better job of giving to the work of God last year than we did this year? Is that true? See, 
See what I'm getting at? So help me now. I've got two lines open. I want to fill these lines before we go to the phone calls. Help me now. If you and I have a, a big old book called a Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and it does what it says it does, present to us the whole counsel of God, and it's able to to build us up. It is able to to produce within us righteousness, as the Scripture says. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for 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 reproof, correction, training, and righteousness, that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that's the people of God uh, as an application. Contextually, exegetically, and expositorily, it's about the pastor. But by application, it's to all of us. And when you have a Bible as big as ours, filled with imperatives, filled with promises, filled with examples, filled with narratives, filled with promises, are you and I, you and I not uh, to be compelled to hear what this book says about how God brings us into a, a working, reciprocal relationship of blessing us in order that he might, through us, bless others? And we not take that seriously? Well, that's that's where I am with grace. Where I am with grace is I am wanting to make sure that all of the babies and all of the serious folks at least cover that category of their life and walk with God, the area of finances, so that they don't find themselves in trouble in the area of neglecting to acknowledge that all that they have come from God. And therefore, that which comes from God is to be managed as a stewardship for God's glory and our good. And I, I want to show us how that when we actually submit to the biblical process of relating to God in the areas of finances as well, that God gives us promises within the sphere of financial relationship that secure our um, welfare in this world. And whereas we would simply uh, cut God off from the area of our finances, that we are going to suffer tremendously in a number of areas. And I I don't want that for my brothers and sisters at Grace who um, who are struggling. And who have not actually paid attention to the Bible with regards to stewardship, not realizing that stewardship is simply being put in a position where God has gifted you with resources by which not only are you taken care of, but God's glory is taken care of. And those who are in need of God's redemptive blessings are taken care of through you. What a wonderful life to be used of God in that way, wouldn't you say? I've got one line open, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Talking about resolutions, I've shared with you my three, minimizing my conformity to the world. I hate it. Changing the way I think about my associations and friendships, just trying to be a little bit more intentional about how I interact with them and impact them whenever they come into my presence. I want to be a a blessing to them more deeply and more radically and more Christ-like when they leave. I want them to go, you know what? I benefited from the time with that man. And then I want to enjoy God more purely this year. I want to enjoy him more purely this year. I feel sometimes that I, in my walk with God, I, it always ends up being mixed with other things. And I somehow sense that it could be much more exclusive and therefore much more impactful. And uh, I could see his glory more fully and then be impacted by it on a characteristic level as well as on a level of gifting. That's what I want this year. That's what I want. That's what I want. So I'm, I'm asking God to help me. I'm, I'm taking up the, the principle of Psalm 119, verse 59 and 60. I've shared this with you before. This is what the hymn writer said. This is around resolutions. Are you ready? The, the writer of the Psalms. I thought on my ways. That's Psalm 119, verse 59. Now, see, that's the problem. We don't really think deeply, reflective, analytically, constructively, deconstructively, 
resolutely about our ways. We don't. We know we got ways, but we don't really think deeply on them. He says, I thought on my ways and I turned my feet. You know what that means? Resolution. You know what that means? It means change. I thought on my ways and I turned my feet. Watch this now. Unto your testimonies. You know what the psalmist said? I now took my conduct because your feet represent your walk. It represents your deeds. It represents your goings. I now took my daily habits and brought them under the scrutiny of the word of God and realized, oh, I've actually been wasting too much time to myself. Just kind of doing what I do. And not really running for God. That's what the psalmist says here. I turn my feet unto my unto thy testimonies. And notice what verse 60 says. I made haste. In other words, the word of God so exposed his conduct and his walk that he knew he was out of the way. He made haste. Ladies and gentlemen, that's called resolution. That's called being determined. That's what called being awakened. That's called being quickened, convicted, recognizing, you know what? I'm wasting time. I'm wasting talents. I'm wasting treasures. I'm not about my daddy's business. That's what he's saying. I turned my feet unto your testimonies. I made haste. Watch this. And delayed not. Ah, I've got a a word that I'm working on right now called lingering. It is a fundamental error that we all make when we are trapped by um, stagnation and and, uh, indifference and uh, 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 what we would call just uh, outward conformity. When you delay. Now, you know you're supposed to stop that. You know you're supposed to start this. But you linger. So I'm working on a message coming out of Genesis 19 where Lot was trapped in Sodom and Gomorrah because his heart was trapped. And you remember how the angel took him and his daughters and were pulling him out and Lot was finding every reason to linger. And I think that that's what we do. And we come right up on the brink of destruction. And our families are impacted by it. A family. Lot lost his whole family for lingering. In Sodom and Gomorrah, too long. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I know you do. I can sense it. I can sense the spirit of God using this message to talk to you. I just know it. That's why I'm going down this route. And so after the break, again, I'm going to share with you how to develop habits that really are a consequence of resolution. That The only way that you're going to break patterns by which you and I are trapped and carnal deeds and practices and things that just, they don't give you any assurance. They don't ultimately give you any joy. They don't advance your walk with God. They don't take you deeper into the word of God. The visions of God are obscured. The sweet odor and aroma of the spirit of God and the fragrance of the risen Lord is absent. We don't sense his presence. These are the spices that emanate from the person and work of Christ. As the song of Solomon speaks to it, as the bride is saying, I can smell him. That's fellowship with God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I got one line open, one 367 I promise I'll go to the phone lines when I come back. But I just want to speak into your life right now about this year, 2019. Let's get it right. Let's get it right. Let's get our time right. Let's get our talents right. Let's get our treasures right. Let's seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and everything else will take care of itself. See, there you go. An imperative with a promise. Seek imperative and all things will be at it. 
promise. Can God lie? Can God change? Can God fail? Then if he said it, will he not do it? If he spoke it, will he not bring it to pass? What you waiting on? I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. The time is 538 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go to line number one and talk with Venus and Hayward. Venus, are you there? Here. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm Excellent. blessed, blessed, okay. blessed and busy. Okay. Holla at me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree with that um, Caribbean trip, man. I need, I need one of those right about now. So, uh, you and Barbara. They ain't hard. They're Ooh. not hard to do. Don't, don't look. I it know. ain't hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't hard to right, do. Right, right. Okay. I hear you. All right. I hear you. Do you, do you hear, did you hear my opening topic? I sure did, about the abundance and resolution. I was sitting here listening for a while. Okay, now I'm talking about resolution. Narrow it down. I'm talking about resolution because this is, and we're going to get into your your observation and what you want to share here in a moment. But I recognize that the people of God get stuck a lot. I've been pastoring for a long time. I recognize that we get stuck a lot. You know, I just try to keep it real. You know that, right? Yes. All right. Okay. So I recognize that people of God get stuck. Uh, they get stuck and they have bad patterns in their life. They have bad habits in their life. They have things that just even they will admit if you push them hard enough on it, that uh, there are areas in their life where they're wasting time. And yet the years yeah. are going by and we're getting older. We're just getting older, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of things that are not necessarily developing or changing or enhancing or growing in our life. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would agree. Right. So yeah. how do how do we change? I mean, it's, is it important? The question that I'm going to just ask you is, is it important that we get to a place where we resolve to change certain patterns in our life? Um, yes, it is. What I see it as is that people have to see it for themselves. Sometimes there's blind spots. Mm-hmm. I think you've talked about that before, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Those blind spots that you don't know that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And you, like you said, you get complacent, you get comfortable. Yeah. And yeah. you don't even know you're supposed to change because yeah. you just stand the same. Yeah. So how do you have those breakthroughs and those revel- you know, those revelations that it's time to, you know, move to the next level? Pain. Yeah. Pain. That is true. Pain. Listen, I'm just cutting it to the chase because I know you and I can talk mm-hmm. a long time about it's pain. You know what God has to do um, when we don't hear prophecy? He has to bring pain. Yeah. When we don't hear the preaching. Then he has to bring the teacher called pain to get us to shift. Amen. All right, I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that right there for the moment Uh because I got the whole hour and 20 minutes to to unpack this. The lines are full. (laughs) But I do want to talk about something that is very important because we have some news to share with our audience. And and that is, and and maybe uh, at another time, we can just come back and like... um, uh, just confront this ugly thing that is kind of a, a secret, um, secret uh, sin of the nation and of, actually of the world. And this is abuse of our elderly. Um, yeah, it's a sin that is marked by cultures that have abandoned the honor principle of God's word to honor your mother and your father. And as a consequence, the, the our parents get put in precarious situations where people who are having to take care of them do anything but honor them. 
And uh, and I know you've been there, right? Yep. Yes. And I just see it very appropriate with your topic of, you know, starting this year because, you know, of what my family had went through in the probate court system, Alameda County probate court system, Mm -hmm. and only God could have brought us through what we just experienced over the last, you know, gosh, since 2015, you know, on and off, and then seven years of having a loved one who's been ill. Right. And then just not even knowing, it, it's a faith walk. Right. That's all I can tell you, a faith walk. Yeah. Of just you, I would have never seen this or known this for the kind of life that I lived in my upbringing, should I say. Right. And to, to get here at this juncture when, you know, you have elderly parents and things change, the, dy- the uh, dynamics change, yep. one yep. person gets ill in your family, yep. it just changes the whole family dynamics. We're all there. And, uh, we're all right there. Yep. You, you and I are yep, all, right all right there. there. I, I, sh- I share with you, that's that's where we are with our parents. Um, yeah. And then you see all kind of crazy things uh, across mm-hmm. the board with family members and, and people you kind of just hoped and thought would play proper roles and relationships in the support of our mm-hmm. upline, right? And, and that exactly. didn't come through. But the bigger one... Is mm-hmm. is where we end up putting them in um, in what we would think are are places of care, and uh, yep. and then bad things happen. Yep. And then you got to and then you got to fight, like you mm-hmm. know, like we live in some third world country <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to to overcome mm-hmm. injustice. Yes, this is America, you know, Disneyland. Right, right, <laughs> right, and that's what you meant by a walk of faith because. I can talk about it from different areas as well, where you discover that this world is no friend of grace. I mean, we have a a wonderful country, but when it comes to moral and ethical um, uh, patterns and practices, we discover that we are in enemy territory a lot of times and we have to go to war and we are fighting. We are fighting intensely at levels we didn't even think. And that's where faith comes in at, because now we're recognizing court systems and structures and institutions and, and bylaws are not there for you. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. You know, how can the judicial system, you know, um, treat you? unfairly. Right. You know, how, how can they be corrupt? I mean, we know there's good and bad in everything, of course. Right. God tells us that good and evil. Right. But, you know, when you're going for good, your heart's in the right place. Yep. And how can the system come up against you and become predatory yep. and take your assets and, yep. you know, judges, conservators, guardians, you know, systems that are in place to support you? You know, how can they take you out? That's the, that's the unfortunate thing, and it's happening to a lot of people nationwide. And that's why we're going to Alameda. And that's oh, why we're. I said it's happening in Alameda County. It's happening in Southern California. Yep. Happening in North Carolina. You know, I have advocates and friends now all over the United States of America. Yep, and that's why I want to bring up the topic in a little bit more of a fuller way in the in the near future, where we can have because uh, people okay. would be ready to call. They would be ready to call to talk about either them being in it, or them having overcome mm-hmm. it, or them struggling with it, and and that's going to be a good mm-hmm. a good good family forum. And so I'll, I'll get with you yeah. on that in the next for the for a topic in the next couple of weeks because it's important because I know a lot of people where we are there right now, and this the, the it would be a great show. And so what I want to ask you is what. What are we talking about coming up on the 11th here real soon that would be something with which people can be prepared to uh, actually learn more about this particular subject? Right. Well, um, there's a 
film out called The Guardians, and it's been a real blessing to us Mm -hmm. because it shows the egregious behavior of the court system in uh, Clarks County, Las Vegas, Nevada. Right. And they became very predatory over their elderly there, just literally stealing elderly out of their homes and telling them, you got to come with me, taking their assets. Right. Adult children not even knowing where their parents were. So um, here we're having a screening on January 11th. This one is a private screening, and our supervisor, Nate Miley, has been a blessing because he's opened this up. Right, right, right. um, The Alameda County government, politicians, staff, because he didn't know this was happening on this level. Right. And so this is a private screening, and I know you were invited out, Pastor sure, Jesse, other sure. pastors like Pastor Gary, sure. Tommy Smith, yep. you know, uh, Bishop Macklin. Yep. I invited them out. I hope they come yeah. to see this because the congregation is at risk. Right. You know? They're, and so um, on Sunday, though, our council member, uh, Berkeley council member Ben Bartlett, is having a public uh, screening in Berkeley at the Senior Center, I think it's on Rose Street. I can give you the details on it. They can look it up online. But Ben Barlett is having a private screening at 3 o'clock p.m. in Berkeley. So and the, the name public of, and, is welcome to come to that one. And the name of the film is? The Guardian. The Guardian. Now, who was the one? Who was the, um, who was the producer of that film? Do you know who it is? Yes. His name is Billy Mint. Right. And Billy is an investigative filmmaker, and he just took this on. Right. And he's in the film. Um, you know, I told you Rick Black. You said you knew Rick Black. Sure, you sure, mentioned. sure, yeah, sure. Rick is going to call in, possibly. But Rick, um, there's Terry, uh, Terry Williams. Mm-hmm. They're in the film. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on our panel. Good. Another lady named Julie Belshi, Tom Coleman. Um, you know, we've got Lyndon, Richard Kincaid. These are the people who are advocates who have experienced it personally, uh, losing a loved one through the probate court system. So we so we have because of my time we have two things we want to sure. mark um we want to pray for a good turnout on Thursday with the pastors and some of the people you invited privately who are listening as well right now uh but then on Sunday uh the guardian will be shown in Berkeley um and they can find the information online Yeah they can find it online they can go to um either um Ethics Media Mhm it's on Facebook, Ethics Media. She has it posted. I'm going to post it up. Okay. Um, also, Ben Bartlett, right. our city Berkeley City Council member. They can check with his office or his website. Yep. Uh, he, he has it posted. His assistant is James uh, Chang. You can reach out to him, Facebook. And, Got it. Um, or, or either reach out to me on Facebook, Venus Gift. And you'll be able to see it posted. Well, I will mark this as we close out the program today. And I'm going to thank you. Yeah, I'll talk to you later about it. We will come back and do an an aftermath on uh, on the events, both uh, Thursday and Sunday. And we'll be able to expand on this as we have the opportunity on the microphone and the local family of believers to address this particular issue. Thank you for your call. And we will see you soon. Bless you, girl. Yeah, I, yeah, and I just want to say is we really need the pastors, um, and you are, you know, I've always told you, you talk about topics that a lot of, um, you know, pastors aren't touching on. Right. And so I believe that, you know, I, well, I know this is God's work because sure. you can't kill people. Nope. It's the elderly and the defenseless. That's you, know, right. you can't just, it's not okay, nope. you know. Nope. And so we need, you know, pastors and citizens and people to know because um, God has appointed such as a time as this yep. to transform things. That's right. We're believing in it and trusting in it. That's right. You got it. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for the right. call and thank you for blowing the trumpet so that uh, so that God will draw his people near. He will he will have his way. He'll bless uh, Thursday and he will bless Sunday. I'll talk to you later. Blessings. Marlene, Lawana and Rick, you hold on. I'll be right back. Marlene, Lawana and Rick. You hold on. one 367 Two lines open. one 367 I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. Two lines are open. one 367 Let me go to line number two and talk with Marlene in Oakland. Marlene, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, right, thank you for your patience. What's your thoughts, question, or observations today? Okay, you were talking about uh, resolution, and last year for Christmas, I had five sons. I raised in San Jose. They got married. I have seven grandsons, okay. and for Christmas, I didn't receive no gifts for anybody or a visit. And when I called, the founder they was visiting my in-laws. Some of them was back east, and my mother-in-law told me that they don't have to do anything for me. And they don't owe me nothing. They got their wives now, and they don't have to do anything. And so I really went into a depression and couldn't understand because I brought them up in the church. I'm a chaplain in San Jose, and um, my sons haven't been in trouble. They're all professionals, and I couldn't understand how they could turn their hearts away from me so quickly mm-hmm. uh, after they having wives. And so I, I started going to the club because I didn't get a chance to do that when, they, when I was raising them. So I said, I'm going to the, do the party scene and... and um, for Christmas and holidays, and started drinking, you know, just doing things the world do, because I didn't see where the church had any um, compassion for me with that. They couldn't even understand, like the lady you was talking about that grabbed Jesus and say, look, you know, even a dog you see, you know, gives something to. And, and that's what I felt. Even just call me, let my grandkids call me as something. Mm-hmm. I felt like cut off, disconnected. Like my whole life was like, like a salmon. Bye. Yeah, right. So, anyway, so... Um, New Year's came, and I was, like, um, so depressed. And so I, I, I said, God, I don't want to go back to church. You know, I was kind of, like, trying to give up because I couldn't find where I had a place in church anymore. And so the club, so I was listening to KBLX over the, over the weekend, mm-hmm. and um, they were saying this new church is opening up Genesis at this place where I was going to the club at. And so I went to church <laughs> Sunday at mm-hmm. the same place I partied at on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And God um, gave me a gift because oh, it's the first day this church started in this building. They was written a space in this building, the same mm. building where the club is at. Right. And they gave me a bag with a cup in it and, you know, a book about the church and, and some words to restore me. And I said, God, you know, I, 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 I got resolution to get back into the church. I feel like God brought it to my lap. It's five minutes from my house. And um, I got a gift finally um, January the 6th, a mm-hmm. cup. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I'm not totally left out of his kingdom. I, you know, that pastor used about the lady grabbing Jesus, the one going to let go. I, I really relate to that because, I mean, it's just a cup in the bag with something for the church. But it, it's just, it just means so much because yeah. out of all my kids, I got nothing. Right. And, so, and, and so I don't know. I'm still in a dilemma. So I went back to my other church right after that because that church was early in the morning. So I went to my pastor. I said, Pastor. I say, if I'm a member of this church, because I didn't want to switch over and just go to another church without finding out why this church is not working for me. Right. He said, I don't know. I don't know. Did you do everything, did you do everything you're supposed to do to be a member? I said, yeah, I've been coming here eight years. 
And when I, oh, yeah, you are a member, whatever. I said, but I'm not supposed to be left alone by myself. Uh-huh. I said, I'm not. I mean, I live in Oakland, but I'm from San Jose. I've been here a while, and I say, I still don't have any connections in this church. But everything I volunteer for, you haven't called me to do or whatever. And so um, he said, well, listen, I got to go and take care of the married people right now. And I, I'll talk to you about that later and left. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, that's when you said that passage about Jesus, how he wanted to have another agenda because this lady, you know, she wasn't like what he came there for. Right. And walked away and left me. And I said, you know what, I'm going to give him the Tuesday because this new church had Bible study on Tuesday night, just like this church. If I'm going to get back in the church and resolution back to God this new year. Right. But I want to walk away from this one and do both. And so I'm going to give him the Tuesday if he called me and follow up on my question of being left alone out here and um, to the, basically to the dogs because where I live at is in the hood. Right. And, and woman, and, and I don't have no family here, and, and basically my family is not coming to Oakland to visit me from San Jose. They're not doing it. They already let me know that. And they really don't want nothing to do with me, and I don't know why, but it's not. I think it's, I changed my name in November to Maybelline. And um, because, um, for whatever, I felt like God did it for me. And I see now why God had to change some disciples' names for them to start new in his kingdom. Well, I agree. I agree with all of that. And this is what I would say to you, Marlene, a couple things. One is, you're right. God did give you a wonderful uh, sign by allowing you to to go to church in the same place that you basically wanted to uh, abandon your profession of faith. That's how God is. Mercy is able to sweep us up. We are sinners and uh, we, we, we have a tendency to act like sinners and yet grace can still uh, retrieve sinners. That's what it means to be redeemed. And you got a good opportunity uh, at this new place. If Genesis is sound doctrinally, if Genesis is committed to the glory of God in Christ, if Genesis is committed to sound biblical teaching, uh, you may find community there. It's not always so that a person can go to any church and find community. That's just not always so. And so even in the church that you are presently at, it may be, it may very well be a call for you to go ahead on and move in this new direction. Don't be um, troubled by that. That's how God often works. The church that you were at may not have the tools to help you in the way in which you need help. And Genesis might very well be the place for you. Be discerning, be prayerful about it. And uh, and, and I'm going to encourage you to seek counsel because this matter of none of your family members calling your babies, the one that came out of your womb, Marlene, listen, there are issues there, not only with them, but with you and you need to be facing them in the year 2019 because that kind of brokenness and, and, and neglect and disrespect didn't start yesterday. It started way, 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 way back. And we don't have time to develop that on this program, but I'm praying that you would not only find a place where you can grow in the word, but you need some counsel because you need to be able to deal with some deep anger issues, some deep broken issues, some deep, uh, uh, um, some deep detachment issues and some wounds that maybe you have incurred upon the kids that does not allow them to love you enough to even give you a call. So you know that deep down in your soul, that's why you end up 
up going partying because that's what we do when we're broken. We try to kill the pain. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be whole. I want you to be sound. I want you to actually get to a place where you can face the ugly in your life and, uh, and, and begin to experience recovery. And that includes your family. That's what I want for you this year. That's what we are all praying for for Marlene. We'll be praying for you tomorrow night in our prayer service along those lines. And in about a month, I want you to call me back and tell me what God is doing in your life. Do you hear me? Yes. Bless you, girl. I got to take a long break. Way overdue. I got three lines open. one 367 Now, Luana, you've been holding on for a while. As soon as we come back from the break, I'm going to pick you up right away. The lines are all open. one 367 You guys pray for Marlene. She definitely needs it like a lot of people do. See, I know the topic I'm dealing with is so very, very important. Thank you, Lord. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 